Switched On on F104 and The Cartel is a book by Stephen Breen, crime editor with The Sun and Owen Conlon, Irish Mirror deputy news editor. And they've come together and put together The Celtic Cartel, which is going to be on Amazon Prime from Wednesday. And they both join me now. Hello. Hello. Hi, Louise. So The Celtic Cartel is all about the Kinnahans. Tell us who this family are. The Kinahans are Ireland's foremost crime family. Um, they began in the drugs business with their father, Christy Kinahan, who started out uh, in the mid-80s. Uh, he was caught in his very first venture involving heroin dealing. Uh, he learned from this, uh, basically, and uh, learned to, to be very careful about who he based around him. He moved abroad, eventually, out of the reach of uh, the the. Criminal Assets Bureau, which was implemented after the uh, shooting of Veronica Guerin. Mm-hmm. And he hit upon a very successful and simple strategy, which was basically to, to live in one country, be it Holland, be it uh, Spain, it's currently Dubai, uh, it'll probably be somewhere else after that, and to send his drugs back uh, and his arms and other material back to Ireland, which meant that it was very difficult to, to catch him in the act, to link him with strong evidence to what has been done in this country. And um, it has basically allowed him to become, to rise with the aid of his sons, Daniel and Christopher Jr., to become uh, among the top drug uh, barons of Europe at this stage. How do you get that amount of power, I suppose, Stephen? I think it's power that has built up um, over the course of 30 years. And it comes down to money, uh, it comes down to resources, but it comes down to the Christie Kinahan's vision that he had for his criminal empire. And, and that was to move from Ireland uh, to Spain initially, because he, he was concerned primarily with the, the Gainland legislation and the, the efforts of Gardaí to bring him to justice. But, but when you go to Spain and you cultivate contacts within the Moroccan mafia, the Dutch mafia, the Spanish, the Italians, Indeed, the South Americans and, and individuals in uh, Morocco were Christy Kinahan then, when he goes there, he, he builds these contacts and, and over the course of a, a number of years, and these people are within his inner circle. And so he goes at first hand to where the sources are coming in the, with the drugs. So the drugs come into Spain. He is then part of the various international shipments that, that are coming in and he then, and with, through his organization, takes control of supplying these drugs into Ireland. And it's not long before the Kinahan organization becomes the, the, the primary uh, importation uh, business for drugs in, in Ireland. And uh, when they do this, uh, obviously uh, more money is in within their ranks, but also they have more power, they have younger individuals joining their ranks as well. And when it, it comes to it, when they are challenged, you know, they're not afraid to use violence and people end up getting shot. And I suppose the fact that it was in Spain, it was in Spain that it was obviously noticed. And then the enforcement over there got involved as well. Do you feel that was like a slip up on their behalf? I, I think when you look back at the, the Kinahan organisation, especially when you look at... Uh, uh, 2008, and, and Owen was out there at the time when Paddy Doyle was shot dead. I think that's when the Spanish uh, start to take an interest in the organisation, not just because of their involvement in the drugs trade, but also because people are being uh, killed on Spanish soil. And in, in the film, that we there, there is an interview with a Spanish investigator 
who talks about how when, when Daniel Kinahan, you know, takes control of the organization, he's even more dangerous than his father. And uh, they, they point to the fact that when there, there, there is a murder in Spain, obviously the, the Spanish take this very seriously. And it shows that this is an organization not just engaged in drug dealing, but also engaged in violence and also bringing arms in, into uh, Spain as well. So it then becomes a, a major focus for international law enforcement to, to try and bring the cartel to justice. And of course, we see in 2010 Operation Shovel in which uh, the, the Spanish authorities, after two years of, of wiretaps and uh, listening to their, their conversations and building up a profile of the various members that they decided to take action in conjunction with the Dutch police, the UK police and the Gardaí. And Owen, what was it that you wanted to make sure this documentary said and represented? Well, I suppose it's um, these things are always educational to ordinary people to the extent that these gangs dedicate themselves to what they do. I mean, the obvious question is uh, for people, why haven't the police um, in various jurisdictions clamped down upon them? In the case of the Spanish, it was because the Kenahans were uh, pioneers in the, the use of encrypted phones back in 2008 um, and were very careful with phone security. They would um, leave phones in certain locations that would change numbers regularly. They would ring each other and say, go to location A and pick out phone number four. You know, so they would have a, a, a range of different mobiles for use at any time. Um, they would engage, they were trained in anti-surveillance operations by uh, special forces soldiers, ex-special forces soldiers who lived down the Costa. And they took their, their business very, very seriously. And they also ensured that they kept making money, not just through drugs and arms sales, but through money laundering. So it's these things are always an eye-opener to people uh, who, are not, who are not policed investigating um, uh, these criminals because they don't realize that these are smart individuals. They're pretty dedicated and they do their utmost to frustrate um, law enforcement from... Um, following them, from tapping their phones, from um, implanting informers within their ranks. Um, and it's it's very difficult to bring them to justice. And I suppose one of the things that comes across in the film is the fact that it has been quite uh, problematic for European police forces at this point to, to get a handle on them. And when they felt that they were, the Kinhans simply upped sticks and moved to Dubai, which is then a whole new ball game for for various governments to begin diplomatic lobbying over. It is a very difficult situation. Do you think people are going to be surprised by what comes out in the film? So so one of the women who features on the programme, and I think it gives an insight into the devastation caused by the drugs brought into Ireland by the, the Kenneth organisation. Obviously, we know of the amount of people that have lost their lives at the hands of Kenneth cartel assassins and contract killers. But there is one woman in the programme and she was approached, I've interviewed her before, and she wanted to remind society about the devastation that drugs like the Kinahan organisation bring into Ireland, such as cocaine and heroin, and the damage that it causes to ordinary lives. And she's a lady who had to pay over 36 grand to drug dealers who were calling to her house. She talks about how one individual called her, her house with a gun, another with a hammer, but she is a message for people like Daniel Kinahan. And it's very rare for someone 
you know, from an, an ordinary uh, decent background to speak out against someone like Kinahan. And she speaks about how people like Daniel Kinahan are, are living off the, the blood of her son. Uh, they have their fancy houses, their cars, their holidays. And she speaks about the only reason they have this type of lifestyle is because of the drugs that they've brought into the country and the ordinary people on the street who are using these drugs and then people who become addicted spiral into this world of pain and trauma. And she just has a message for someone like Daniel Kinnan that is it worth it, you know, and it's just it's important for her to show the international audience, not just people in Ireland, that there are ordinary people who are being affected by the business that is run by people like Daniel Kinnan. Do people tend to be scared to speak out against them? Very rarely, and I'm sure Owen would say as well, it's very rarely where you get to speak to individuals who have uh, been directly affected by the Kinahan organization because of the power that they have, because of the resources and the people that they had in the past who were willing you know, to take up the gun in return for cash. I mean, I've interviewed people like um, Suzanne Power, whose partner um, Trevor O'Neill was murdered when he was on holiday, and Martin O'Rourke's family, um, another innocent individual, Noel Kerman's family, you know, but they spoke out because, you know, they wanted to share their story and to remind people of the the pain and trauma that they had experienced, and and they it was very brave of them them to do that, but again, they did that because it was important to let people know what ordinary families were going through, and we were talking about the innocent people, and, and indeed, in the program as well, you have Nolene Barr speaking, uh, quite openly and quite movingly about the loss of her brother, um who, although was, was previously connected with dissident Republican activity, you know, you hear the in, in an interview in the film as well, uh, former Assistant Commissioner Pat Leahy saying that um, Michael Barr wasn't connected to the Regency and yet the Kinnahans just went in and, and, and murdered him, you know, so it's it's good to hear from people who've been affected by this and it just reminds us, you know, of, of what was going on in 2016 and 2017. Absolutely, because we hear so much of it in the news all the time that it will be an interesting watch to see exactly, as you guys said earlier on, what goes on under all of that that we aren't even aware of. I think it's for an international audience as well. Mm-hmm. And because the film starts with, you know, the announcement at the City Hall in Dublin last year, where you now have the American authorities yeah. who have placed $5 million rewards uh, for information leading to the arrest of Christy Kinahan and his two sons. I mean, it also shows the level of international cooperation that's taking place at the moment, you know, between the Garda National Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau, the NCA in the UK, the European law enforcement. So it shows that this isn't just a story that relates to Ireland. Obviously, there are an Irish gang who are based overseas, but they've caused so much devastation in Ireland, but they're now seen as toxic as well to other law enforcement. So I think it's important that it shows that um, the, the the fight is continuing with the ultimate objective, as the Garda Commissioner in the film says, is to dismantle the Kinahan organisation. And, and that's something that's still active and ongoing. Is that something that's going to be very difficult to achieve? Well, we've already seen that you have now over 60 members of the Kinahan organisation who are now behind bars for murder, attempted murder, for money laundering, for directing the activities of an organised crime gang. I think, and Owen mentions in the, the film as well, like when Uncle Sam come calling, it's it's very you know, difficult for the, the Kinahan leadership 
to continue their lives on the run. They'll always be looking over their shoulder. And I would be fairly confident that because of the level of international cooperation, because of the Americans are now involved and the resources that are being put in place, I think one day that the leadership of that organization will stand trial. It might not be in Ireland, but they could be in you know, custody in, in another country. Mm-hmm. So the Celtic cartel is on Amazon Prime from Wednesday. Stephen Breen and Owen Conlon, thank you so much for chatting to me. Thank you. Thank you.